how important is branding as an artist? How important is a logo? Should you handle this stuff yourself? Should you handle design by yourself as an artist or should you hire someone else? These are questions that every artist, every producer asks. If that's you, this is the episode for you. It's with Greg Gamino. He's had a decade plus experience as a graphic designer professionally in the corporate world. He's worked with big brands, uh, big companies, and he's also worked with artists. He knows what he's talking about. And we talk about a bunch of stuff from those questions I just posed to the future of design in the industry, mistakes that people make when they try to do design themselves, mistakes that people make when they hire designers and what to look for in that regard, the importance of a logo as opposed to just press photos. And we talk about a bunch more, but I'll leave that to you to listen to the interview and find out. Now, one other thing to mention is that every week on the blog, on edmpro.com, we post a track breakdown. This is done by Connor. Uh, Connor has a depth of knowledge and experience when it comes to theory and arrangement. And he just, he'll take a track and he'll break it down and he'll come up with, you know, six to seven uh, key takeaways that you can apply to your own music. These are great learning tools. People have been loving them. Uh, So if you haven't checked those out yet, go ahead, head over to edmprod.com forward slash blog. You can find them. Uh, the latest one is Got It Good by Kate Giannata, some really interesting uh, techniques that he uses there. So check those out every week on the blog. And finally, if you enjoy this interview, head on over to edmprod.com forward slash iTunes and leave a rating and review. That is edmprod.com forward slash iTunes. Without further ado, here is Greg Gamino. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM podcast. Today I'm joined by Greg Gamino. Uh, Greg, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course, man. You were the first designer that we've ever had on the show, like graphic designer. And I think this is really awesome because graphic design is uh, very, seems to be very closely tied to music production as in um, a lot of music producers also design or think they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, producers need it. Artists need graphic design. The first thing I want to talk about though is is how you got into design, into design and what you do nowadays, like what your efforts and time are focused towards. Well, how I got into design, let's see. Um, ever since I was a kid, uh, art and music, hand in hand, were very, uh, it, it was a strong force in my family. Um, just to go back a little bit, um, 
I have roots that date all the way back to Italy. And uh, my great grandfather actually was the mayor of a town. And there's a school there that was made in his name that specializes in art and music because he was a big promoter of it. So growing up, I had all these figures in my family that were so strongly promoting, you know, like expressing your creativity and, and just uh, knowing about art and, and music. So um, it, it was it was almost like natural that I kind of fell into that um, line of work. And my parents, even when I was young, I just I loved sketching. I loved doodling. I loved doing cartoons and stuff like that. They would send me to. Um, you know, uh, college level classes on, on the weekend or whatever to learn how to, you know, illustrate or, or cartoon, stuff like that. So um, just kind of naturally fell into it. That's awesome. Uh, and then from there, what happened? I mean, I know that you worked at a design firm. Tell me about that. I went to the New York Institute of Technology in uh, Old Westbury and I graduated with the Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Graphic Design. In my senior year, I had a friend that was working for a design company and they needed someone who could program flash websites. And, you know, since she was just a graphic designer, yeah, I know flash websites, since she was just a graphic designer, um, you know, and, and I had more knowledge about it, I started working freelance for the company and eventually she wound up leaving and a full-time position opened up and I, uh, I applied for the position and I got it. And, um, it was actually a company that started in the basement of uh, someone's house. So at the same time, I was like, you know, people wouldn't take me seriously because it's like, oh, you know, you're working in someone's house. You know, you're not you don't really have a job type of thing. But it's like, hey, that's how most businesses start. I worked at that company for 10 years. Um, I was the associate creative director of it. And I worked with a lot of big name companies like Canon, Ferrari, Walmart, Staples, um, an affiliate of the United Nations, even one restaurant that was like the official pizza of the New York Giants. And I did a lot of, you know, design projects in the corporate world. And it just came to a point where I felt like, you know what, um, I want to do things on my own. I want to do it my own way. And uh, I felt like there was no more room for me to grow. So I, you know, I was making a really nice salary and I decided I'm going to take the plunge and start my own design company and, you know, just go with it because I was having so much fun just dealing with the clients one-on-one. -on -one. Like I was doing the work and stuff like that, but just talking to the clients and, and being able to be in complete control of seeing that work from start to finish was very rewarding for me. So was that like a gradual transition? Like, you know, over two years, say I need to get out of here. I need to do my own thing. Or was it very instantaneous? Um, I would say, you know, as each year went on and I felt like I was kind of at a, a cap, I kind of decided, um, you know what, I think I, I want more and I kept bringing it up to the owner and it didn't really go anywhere. So I just decided, you know what, I, I need to make the change now, you know, I'm still young and now is the, uh, the perfect time to do it. And I just, just said to myself, you know what, that's it. Uh, I got I got to make this leap. Yeah, totally, totally. I love that. So you've obviously got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. I want to talk about the importance of branding for artists, for producers. How important is it? I would say it's half the battle. Half the battle because branding is 
one of the most important aspects of you know a company it's uh, or, or a type of uh, musician brand artist whatever it is it's the first and lasting impression to whether it's a customer a client or a listener and it helps a viewer to quickly identify you know the product business or service that you're offering so maybe it'll give them a reason to select your company over the competitions and you know when you're branding something they can feature anything from your name a term uh, a design whether it's a logo or a symbol or anything else so i would say it's you know half the battle and what would you say to an artist who says oh it's, it's all about the music design's not important branding's not important name's not important because there are people out there who are like that they think that they can just you know, skip this whole branding section, just make great music and expect results or expect success. I would say they're working on the other half of the battle right there. Now, what I mean by that is I actually have a a client that puts out great music, has great statistics, but he can't get certain labels or promoters to take him seriously because of the the brand that he's putting out there. Like when, when he first showed me his brand, I was kind of like, Oh wow, this is terrible. Like I, I wasn't actually expecting the kind of numbers that he gave me, but you know, the, the work that he put in, it, it's obvious, you know, the guy's great at what he does, but he even, you know, he came to the recognition of it. He's like, you know what? I, I need people to take me, you know, more seriously. That's the first step is realizing that, you know, you need to make that hundred percent commitment, to yourself and believe in yourself if you want it to work. So not like bragging or anything like that, but I've seen artists that come to me that have made that mental switch and say, you know what? I actually want to do this the right way. They know that they need an updated image to be taken seriously because, you know, being played on, you know, a state of trance or group therapy, you have these artists that put in the time for that, you know, refined image. And these artists come to me, we work on their brand and shortly after I see them being playlisted and I'm not saying I hadn't handed it or anything like that, but it's like, it's, it's almost like a cohesive effort where it's like, I'm going to put time and effort into my brand. I'm going to put time and effort into my music and put that quality work out there. And it's, you're projecting confidence. Totally. And I think it comes back to, uh, we had Bonnie and Clyde on the podcast and you know, they said, you're not a music producer, you're an experienced producer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true. Like the, the reason people listen to music, the reason people follow an artist is not because of the music, it's because of what that music or that person or that artist or brand provides them in terms of uh, perhaps emotional reward or just whatever it is, you know, enjoyment. And so if you have a cohesive brand, you know, music videos as well, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's creating an experience. And I think that needs to be holistic. I think like if, if you, uh, you know, take notice with like, you know, like what Eric Prids does, like his kind of musical experience, you know, he, he puts on this whole entire show, same thing that like Dead Mouse does, like he puts on this experience, this show, and it goes behind his branding and image too. You know, they, they both put out extremely, you know, great, high quality music, but at the same time, you know, all the people that are going to the shows are experiencing that brand as a whole. And if, if you want to kind of talk about like being cohesive, 
Okay. I, I could even talk about like, um, car companies, like car companies, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, they all had different models, but none of them actually looked the same until all of a sudden you, you started to see like Audi come out and start doing, uh, their patented, um, you call it like, uh, you call it the led lights. Okay. And the big grills. And then they started to take that look and translate it to every single model. And BMW, I mean, they've always had kind of like uh, their kidney grills. That would be their most iconic look. And then they started replicating all those looks to all the different models. Because when someone looks at a BMW, you know, we'll say like 15 years ago, they kind of knew it was a BMW. You know, you're looking for the logo. They kind of knew it was an Audi. But then all of a sudden you start to get these key branding recognition things of like big grills or uh, the kidney grills or there's certain lights structured a certain way. And it's like, Oh, wait a second. I know that's that brand of a car. Yeah. That's, that makes a ton of sense. At which stage as an artist, should you focus on branding image marketing in your opinion? I always like saying that you should do it right from the start, but that doesn't mean that you have to do everything at once. So like you can start small and go from there. I'm not saying that you need to have uh, a logo, a Facebook page, and a website if you're completely clueless on you know how to produce music. Let's say you're just starting out. Um, what I'm saying is like you need to mentally make that decision that you want to invest in yourself, and that's when it's time. So you can't expect like a hundred percent return on something when you're only giving it like halfway there. If you're still learning how to you know make music and you're not trying to shop it out to labels or anything like that you know, it's, it's fine. Work on your craft. And then when you feel that you're at that point where you want to take it to the next level, maybe that's when you should start, you know, seeking out to brand yourself or market yourself, uh, get a, a following, uh, a listener base audience on Instagram or whatever it is. I like that. Uh, I think a lot of people try to do it too early and some too late, like way too late. Right. A lot of producers, including myself, and I know this is a huge weakness of mine, but I want to do everything myself. Like <laughs> it's been the hardest thing trying to run a company and have other people, you know, working with me and for me and having to delegate. Like it's hard because I just want to do everything myself, even though I'm not like necessarily good at it. So when it came to producing music, you know, I was doing that and then, hey, I need to make a logo or like you know, branding. I'll do that as well. Uh, and it took me a long time to realize that perhaps that's not the best approach. So in your opinion, what kind of person should do their own design? Because there are cases where it does make sense. What kind of person should outsource it, get someone else to do it? In a perfect world, I don't think anyone should kind of handle their own design. Like even when I was designing my own artist logo, I struggled and, and I, I have, you know, 10 years plus experience professionally doing the design. I, I was struggling beyond, you know, everything. And I found out that I, I can't design for myself at all. I can design for other people, but when it comes to me, I'm too close to the project. Same reason right. why they, they say like attorneys shouldn't represent themselves in court. You're, you're too emotional. You're too attached to the project. So, um, I think if you're really pressed to do it yourself, it's because you're on a very tight budget and you're just trying to get something started. You can always update it in the future as 
you become bigger and, and you have more of a follower base, that's fine. Um, just don't update your look too often uh, because they're the people, they're great customers, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's like, uh, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're, all o- you're all over the place. It's same way that musicians can make, uh, you know, some people like making certain genres of music uh, and doing it under a different alias. I would say it's better to outsource it to someone that you like their aesthetic, you like kind of talking to them, how their opinion is, their their outlook on it. Um, just feel it out. And if you can't, then you know what? Just deal with you know what what you have. Try and put out you know the best product that you can, and in time, just review it. I like that. So let's say I'm I'm an artist and. I'm getting to this point where my music's getting playlisted, doing pretty well, but I know that my brand, my identity, it's not polished. It's not that good. It really needs redone. And so I'm looking for someone to do that for me. What are some things I should avoid and what are some things I should focus on and think about in that process of hiring someone, finding someone? What advice would you give to someone like me in that position? Um, I would say that... When you want to give the project to someone, it's really good to give them as much information as possible and be as specific as possible, providing concrete examples of things. But at the same time, you don't micromanage them. Because at that point, you basically just hired yourself. So why you, you know, <laughs> giving that person money to just do exactly what you want without them putting their kind of own spin on it? You know, in the creative world, you know, everyone has an ego, whether it's uh, you're, you're doing music, whether you're doing design, you know, any, any type of artist, creative, like everyone has some level of an ego. And that's where, where you have to learn uh, to distinguish between being an amateur and a professional is that a professional can take criticism, formulate what their client is trying to accomplish and maybe articulating back to them why it would work, why it wouldn't work. Or, you know, at, at a certain point, you just give up and be like, all right, I'm going to do what you want. And that's, that comes to the micromanagement part. Um, but yeah, I would say um, show concrete examples, give specifics. Um, you should definitely compare quality. Uh, I, I know a lot of people will take a look at something and be like, uh, oh, well, you know, this person will do it for $10. Uh, this one wants $100, this one wants $1,000, okay? You know, yeah, those are all different numbers, and I'm just giving them for an example, but are you comparing the quality? You know, are you getting uh, your uncle's uh, roommate's cousin's brother's girlfriend who, uh, you know, did a flyer for a bake sale once? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> Use comic um, sans. Yeah, and use comic sans, that type of thing, or you know, the overused Helvetica. Uh what do you think of services like 99 Designs? It is for someone on the budget trying to get started. I understand the appeal of it, but at the same time, I think it really uh ruins the market and devalues a lot of uh a lot of talent because I mean the the biggest um I would say insult and it wasn't even a knowingly, uh, you know, 
insult on a client's part is when someone just kind of says like, well, you're just on a computer all day. You, you're just, uh, you play, you play on the keyboard. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. play around with it. It's like, yeah. What do you think? This is kindergarten. We're just like <laughs> playing with toys around here. No, that's not the case. Type of thing. It, it's that's one of the biggest things. And 99 designs, uh, devalues the, um, the value of an artist's experience because when you're offering something in the creative field, there's no tangible worth to it. So like a Jackson Pollock painting, okay, that could be sold for $160 million and you look at it and someone will be like, oh, they just dribbled paint on, on it, you know, on, on the canvas. That's really nothing. Uh, it's, it's different. You know, it, it doesn't have a tangible worth. It, it is a painting you're not comparing like going to the grocery store and buying a pound of chicken breast, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's not like a consistent worth. So it's in the eye of the beholder. And I would say 99 designs is a lot of uh, amateur designers or someone who's just trying to churn out a lot of lesser quality work just to do it. Maybe they do it on the side as a freelance thing. At the same time, it's like, if you were paying a top name uh, producer to ghost produce for you, okay, and they wanted a thousand dollars, and they turned it around in a few hours or a day, whatever it is, and, and they sent you a completed track in a day, and you turn around and be like, oh, that, that was only a day. Like I shouldn't have to pay you X amount of money. It's like you're not considering the fact that. They have years of experience and you're paying them for yeah. the talent, not not just the time put in like the labor cost is. Yeah, it, it could be, you know, I could work on a project for a few hours. I could work on a project for a few weeks, but I charge a flat rate for that. You know, I, yeah. I don't do by the hour because I know, you know, whatever it is, this is what it's going to cost. You're getting quality product and doesn't matter if if I have to spend more time on it to know that this is good enough to show you or this is you know the best i can do for you then that that's on me because i I don't care i don't care if i spend an hour or a week as long as i know it's the best totally i think in in design and music production and a lot of work nowadays there's this kind of well it's non-linear so what you just said it may take like a couple of hours to design something good or it may take two weeks yep like each project is different um, I think everyone listening to this understands that, you know, you can spend four hours on a song and it turns out amazing and you can spend a month on another song <laughs> and you're just like, it really does annoy me when people just don't understand that and clients and it's kind of like what you just said, like, oh, but you've only worked a day on it. It's like, yeah, but the fact that I could work a day on it and get it out and you like it is because of the past 10 years that I've spent working in this field. Absolutely. And there was actually, um, Paula share, uh, is a partner at pentagram design. Uh, it's an international design firm. Uh, mm. they had a meeting with, uh, uh, city corp and in the meeting, she got the idea for the city logo and she took a napkin, sketched it right there, showed it to them. They loved it. And right then and there, I mean, you'd be like, oh, I'm paying you thousands of dollars for this <laughs> or whatever. But at the same time, and she said, you're factoring in my years of experience. And I know that this is the right way to go. Because sometimes mm. it just clicks to you like that. 
same thing you're you know you're, you're writing a song it just clicks to you like that and that logo is still being used today so let's say i decide not to hire a designer because i don't have the budget or i'm just stubborn or i want to do it myself just because what are some things i should really avoid and i know this isn't the ideal situation at all but i know that there'll also be people listening to this who really don't have an option don't try to repackage or reproduce someone else's look okay if it's not who you are it's fine to look at your competitors and see what they're doing but why would you just replicate the exact same thing what makes you special what makes you different from them like uh, why would Anjuna Beats look for another like Jason Ross or, or Daniel Candy if they already mm-hmm. have you know one? So if you're just staying true to who you are and you're when you're doing your own design or brand, if you like it, then I think that's enough. You know, don't don't try and be like, oh well, you know, this person's logo has uh, this, uh, so I want it to be exactly like that. Um, Michael Beirut from. He's also a pen, uh, partner at Pentagram Design. Uh, he he said that uh, when you look at a well-known logo, okay, what we perceive isn't just a word or an image or an abstract form, but it's a world of associations that have accrued over time. So as a result, mm. people forget that a brand new logo seldom means a thing. So it's an empty vessel awaiting the meaning that will be poured into it by the history and experience. So the best thing that a designer can do is make the vessel the right shape for what it's going to hold. Love that. Yes. That is one of my favorite quotes. So it's, it's like that logo can only take you so far, but like if you, you look at like Nike or, or Target or Adidas or Apple, you know, it, it can be a physical representation of it. Like an Apple, Apple can have the Apple logo. Target could be the, the target, uh, but it's all the years that have been put into it and the experience, the, the top quality product that they've, you know, become known for. So, um, but, but going back to kind of, um, uh, mistakes on when you're doing your own design or branding, um, be consistent. You have to also understand, and this is like when you're doing the branding on your own, you have to understand how design works for the most part. So, um, if you're setting up your logo file, you should set it up in Illustrator. You know, hopefully you have some type of vector artwork program. Um, and for those of you who aren't too familiar with uh, what a vector artwork is, it's basically um, text is based on points so that it's more of a mathematical equation rather than we'll say like a, a JPEG. A JPEG is just like mm. a, flattened ren- a flattened rendering of um, pixels. But vector artwork is more um, based on math where it's like it's at this point, this point, this point, so that when you scale it, whether it's blown up, you know, to be a thousand feet tall in in Times Square or if uh, if you make it really small, it doesn't lose quality because those Mm. points are already plotted. So make sure that you set it up in illustrator or some type of vector artwork program so that you don't create something in photoshop and then you can't use it or send it to someone else to put on a flyer or anything like that because that's actually something i come across all the time is when i ask for a logo i say can you please send me a high-res version of the logo preferred 
vector format, uh, at the very least a PNG with transparency. And I get like a low res JPEG that has like a background put into it. And I'm like, okay, what do I do with this now? And they're like, oh, that, that's all I have. So th- it'll save you a lot of heartache. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, also try not to apply any filters or, or effects on it where it would be like a, like, like a gritty texture to it or a bevel or a shadow. Um, those are all things that are going to be hard to reproduce when it comes to a live show, whether you need it to be on you know, a video or if you need to print out on a flyer um, and it's scaled down. Like Those are little things that won't reproduce as well. One of the, uh, I would say, advantages of hiring a professional designer is that they know uh, what you can and can't get away with. Like I, I had a client that I, I did the logo, you know, it was a flat version of it, and then they wanted me to apply a gritty effect to it. And I'm like, okay, but just keep in mind that going forward, if you're not using this digitally, you're going to run into a bunch of issues. Right, right. Oh, that's great advice. Um, is it really that important to have a, a logo? Though I just see a lot of artists nowadays not bothering with it at all. Like they just have the press photo, but maybe that's just a result of laziness or lack of budget or whatever. What are your thoughts on that? I have a biased <laughs> opinion on it. <laughs> I know, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> um, uh, I definitely think that is it is important. I mean, just like how. Um, a photograph represents who you are. You know, your, your press shots represent who you are. How are they, you know, going to put your name on a flyer or, you know, let's say there's video going on in the background. How is, uh, you going to have like, uh, Ariel or Tahoma or Verdana, like of just your name there. It, it almost, it, or comic sans, <laughs> it, it almost kind of, yeah, it almost, it's, uh, it's impersonal. Um, you're just another number that yeah. you, you don't have. You don't have anything that associates you. I think it's very important that you have something that reflects who you are. Um, it even comes down to if I if I'm working on a project for a musician, what I like to do is I like to immerse myself in their world of music. So for, for example, I, I was recently working on something for Jack, also known as Blue Gazer. He's on Silk Music. Um, he, I, I redid the, um, the imaging for his uh, Illusionary Images uh, radio show. And what I did was I, I keep it on a loop and I listen to the type of image that he's kind of putting out there. And mm. I, I try and visualize it, you know, through auditory and then into on screen of, well, how, how does he want to be represented just based on like this whole collection of music that he puts out there. And my first draft, it looked nice and everything. I didn't send it to him. I I sat on it for a while and something wasn't sitting right with me. And I I just realized I'm like, you know what, this is too hard edged. It, it doesn't reflect like the soft nature of the music that he, he's doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I went back I'm like, you know what? I, I got to revisit this and, and try it again. Gave, gave it a break for like a day or two, came back to it, listened to it again, came back with, I think looks really great. Um, he loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think it's really uh, reflective of what he does. And 
I, I would just say that you should really just try and represent yourself as best as possible that way. He, he's got this whole soft, melodic, progressive type of vibe going on. You know, it, it, all of a sudden, if he has like a logo or, or just like images that are just kind of punk rocky, it's just it doesn't does not, you know, does not mesh well. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's important to kind of have that, you know, logo or, or something reflective of who you are, because a logo in its own being is supposed to represent a company or a brand. So if you don't have mm. anything representative of a company or a brand, then who are you? I like that. I like that. Uh, I've got two more questions. What are your thoughts on the future of design in the music industry? I would say um, artists are kind of becoming a little more hip to saying more with less, just kind of become the trend, cleaning up things where it's not so busy, um, even, even with like flyers. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's one of like one of the, the biggest abusers is just like, there's just <laughs> abstract artwork everywhere, like a lens flare and <laughs> colors. <laughs> it's like, hey, big name, big name. <laughs> um yeah. i i try to stay away from that um but i i i would say that even design as a whole outside of the music in industry and it's been going on for a few years now is more of flat design and mm. that kind of goes hand in hand because of limitations of technology so in the past few years you've noticed that responsive web design has become more prevalent you, if you don't have like a responsive website it's almost like you're in the stone ages let's scrap this mm. thing <laughs> um and the reason being is because it's a bit more difficult to do more elaborate sites with images that are all over the place there's different ways of programming it's not just like you know you're, you're slicing something and it's just programmed that way it's better practice to do things through <laughs> it's better <laughs> it's better practice to actually do things uh through programming because it's less of a stress on bandwidth mm. it's more accessible and uh you, you actually kind of see it this the same way uh with music following the same suit of you know you used to see eight to eleven minute tracks uh and and now they're like being truncated down to like even as low as three minutes um but everyone still loves you know the the martin roth or eric prid's musical journey <laughs> that's 10 minutes long but you see that it's being kind of truncated and you want to kind of get your message across faster without having to put more out there because there's so much going on right now that there's a more limited attention span so you're trying to grab people's attention as fast as possible so uh i would say like starbucks for example okay one, one of the most recognizable brands now their logo definitely evolved over time it first started out as um you know this very intricate uh siren or or mermaid as you would say uh starbucks coffee tea and spices and then um it, it was brown in color and then uh they simplified it where the tails you know got a little less 
pronounced and then they introduced the the green color and then they cut out the tea and spices portion and then they simplified the tales even more so that it, it wasn't so much the the focal point it was more of of the siren itself and then in 2011 they actually it took a ballsy move they removed starbucks completely from the logo because they had this brand that is built up over over time that it's so recognizable they don't even need to say Starbucks anymore. I, I don't know if like most people realize that or not, but that has been a logo that was like minimized over the past 40, 50 years. And that's the way that all design is going. Uh, some way in, in music too, you know, you see more minimal stuff being put out there. I, I would say that's kind of the future of design. And then of course, um, they, I, I always think that uh, vintage or retro looks kind of make their way back. Like there was that, the hipster movement. Uh, that was really cool. I, I enjoy, I enjoy a good hipster logo. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, you'll, you'll see, um, more vintage looks coming into play more of picture blocking. Uh, if you notice like Pinterest is all, all like picture mm. blocking, like the way that windows does like their surface tablets or, or their operating system. It's just blocks of pictures and uh, more bigger typography rather than smaller. And uh, right. scary part is they're trying to develop uh, software to create art, which I find odd to begin with because art is subjective. There's no real rules to it. So uh, it's, it's weird that you're going to have like a computer just generating a logo for you. It's entirely possible. You know, you, you just have like a bank of preset fonts. You type in your name and, and you say like, okay, well, I like, you know, this type of logo. Um, and it'll maybe generate a geometric shape and you can pick a color and done. I mean, <laughs> that, that puts us all out of work. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that, but yes. yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it can happen with music too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you pick, okay, you want electro house? No problem. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I saw, what was it the other day? I think it was like, is it NVIDIA? Like they made some AI and it, it just produced like a thousand realistic looking faces of actors, wow. like fake actors. And it just it had analyzed like all these actors and then just managed to, I don't know, create its own algorithm or whatever and then just produce like fake photos. And I looked at them and I was like, wow, this is insane. So <laughs> who knows what the future holds? My goodness. Oh my God. So final question, Greg, uh, you're walking down the street and uh, this UFO comes along, stops you and you're going to get abducted, but they say, they give you a piece of paper and a pen and they say, you can write down three pieces, three pieces of advice to the world to produce whatever it is. Uh, what is on that piece of paper? Well, that's a, that's a loaded question there. Number one, stick with your gut. I'll, I'll, you got, you got to stick with your intuition, stick with your gut. Um, one, of, a related piece of advice that my, uh, my friend, Eric, uh, also known as four frame. Uh, he gave me when I was kind of like just struggling with creativity and, and music. And he just told me, he's like, dude, just think of it this way. Okay. Like if you like something, chances are there's someone out there that likes it as well. You know, I just, just that kind of like resonated with me. I'm like, wow. And, uh, you know, there's always been, uh, 
in every person's life, there's always been situations where you kind of give the benefit of the doubt and you go against your better instincts and uh, you don't follow what your body is telling you. So I would say stick with your gut. That can go with music, design, or life in general. Okay. Tip number one. Tip number two. Don't be afraid to be yourself. I know that's very cliche, but at the same time, I mean, I'm just myself. I don't, I mean, yeah, no one else can be me, but I'm proud to be who I am. You know, uh, I like certain things. I like certain type of music. Uh, it's, it's just who I am. I'm not, I'm not afraid to show that to anyone else. Like, uh, be like, oh yeah, yeah, I play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I play Overwatch or I play video games or something like that. You know, some people like scared because they think like, oh, you're going to be considered a nerd or something like that. Mm. I don't care. You, hey, it might be a common ground for someone. You know, it's it's actually better to speak more about yourself and kind of put something out there because you can find common ground with other people. And that might be a networking opportunity whether it's, uh, you know, a friendship, relationship, a uh, professional business type of thing, like anything like that. Just don't be afraid to say, you know, don't, don't censor yourself within reasonable, <laughs> a reasonable degree. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put that in there. And, uh, number three, three pieces of advice. Uh, always value your time, whether it be, um, always value your time, whether it be your own personal life, uh, your, your music, um, in terms of, you know, some, if, if you don't think that you're being treated, uh, the right way, or someone doesn't want to, um, value your work, uh, you need to value yourself and, and, uh, don't be afraid to stick to that. And, with the whole value, valuing your time, there was this one incident in, in my life where <laughs> my, my uncle said to me, he goes, he goes, come on, uh, come, come take a ride with me. Help me uh, go here. Uh, I, I was like 15 at the time and I, I, I kind of just wanted to play like Final Fantasy. I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like in the middle of <laughs> a boss. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was like getting close to the end of it. And he's like, come on. He's like, you know, you're going to regret one day that if you don't come with me right now. Uh, you're going to be thinking about this moment for the rest of your life. I'm like, you son of a gun, like way to guilt trip me. <laughs> but I was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll go with you. And, uh, we went, went for a trip. It was just, uh, to pick up some, uh, some wood from the lumber yard. He needs some help. And, uh, a week later he passed away and that not, not to end the show on like a, a sad note, but I remember that moment, like after he passed away, I'm like, I'm glad I went with him, you know, like I'm glad that I actually valued my time and, and, you know, realizing that there there's good things out there. Like even, even the small things, spending some time with your family, uh, spending time with your friends, you know, just, just make time for it. it just that, that's, mm. that's the most important thing to me is just, you know, my, my family, my, my, my friends, family. that type of thing. Everything else is just, it's just gravy. <laughs> Yeah, I love that, man. Greg, thanks heaps for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. Uh, finally, where can people find you online? Where can people find out more about your services and see your past work? 
Well, thank you for uh, having me here. Um, if anyone wants to kind of see the work that I've done or be, uh, or just even contact me and if they have a question or whatever, I'm, you know, available to, to talk. Uh, you can find me on my website, uh, www.alchemy.gg. Uh, my company is Alchemy Design Co. Um, or if you're interested in listening to some of my productions, uh, soundcloud.com slash re, which is uh, R-I-I.